You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one and welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 100. And 39. You can listen to the show wherever you get your NFC East blog podcasts um, across the SB Nation network. You can also watch this show on the Bidding Your Nation YouTube channel or the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel. Uh, if you do, you will see the bright, shining, simmering faces of myself, Amar Joe from Blogging the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. BLG, do you realize? Um, I know that you know we've been absent once or twice throughout the process, but that we've recorded together for like 150 total hours of content. More than that, uh, if you count the look ahead in TGF football. That's crazy. It is. And somehow we're not sick of each other yet, at least enough to uh, stop doing it. That. I think we're in our prime. I think we're doing well. Or maybe not even in our prime yet. I think we're still ascending. I think this is an ascending thing. Feeling good about it. That's all I can say. Mm, okay. Well, uh, volume one, the 139 is not a great number. Um, 39 itself is not a great number. Um, like, can you name a great 39? Eli Ricks on the Eagles. <laughs> number 39 he's pretty good um there's no real great 30s number like 31 can be okay 32 33 37 can kind of work on a safety no. but it's just not a lot not a lot of strong 30 Brian numbers in Westbrook the NFL. rocked a mean 36 it was i mean he's he was a great player but the six always looked weird you know well, what i mean like it just was it was so great, fat on the but end. i think 36 was a great number for him as the kind of unique running back he was so he wasn't just like you know a power runner as much as he was able to run and catch passes so it kind of worked out for him um brandon this is our last mixtape in the month of november Obviously, uh, it's November 28th for us, November 29th for the listeners. The Cowboys are going to play on Thursday Night Football November 30th, but the next time we speak will be in the month of December. Um, do you approve of Christmas decorations being up already, Christmas music being played at your standard retail store? It's a fair question. I think it's fair game after Thanksgiving. So, yes. Okay. Um, I see you have a are you ready? Tree behind to... you, by the way, for the audio audience they can't see that but they should go to the blogging the boys youtube channel or the bleeding green nation youtube channel and check it out yeah um so next to the christmas tree is um is a, a picture of emmett smith when he broke the all-time rushing mm. record when we first moved into this house and i had this desk built um i didn't have anything in that little cubby for a while and my wife cammy would just like ridicule me about it. she was, she would be like it looks ugly it looks ugly it looks ugly and i was like it doesn't look that bad um, I look back at some of those videos and it looks horrible. Mm. Um, so she was right. Um, and she adds the Christmas tree every year when we do the Christmas decorations. Just, you know, she loves me. She wants she wants it to look nice and festive for the audience. So um, it worked on you. I hope you're feeling holly and jolly now. I am feeling great. How could I not be? The Eagles are 10 and 1, RJ. The Eagles are 10 and 1 coming off of their 37 to 34 win against the Buffalo Bills. 
I don't have any takes. I have thoughts, I guess. Um, I mean, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Um, I mean, I think it applies to the Cowboys in a different way. But like, what is there new to say? <laughs> what is there new to say about that? I feel like I'm doing the same episode for the past several weeks. Um, the Eagles keep winning. Um, people want to say, oh, they're not as good as you know the record indicates because of point differential and whatever. And I think there's a level of truth to that. Now, I also think they're not quite as bad as let's say you know, everyone wants to bring up the 2022 Vikings. And I heard you say on Monday, football Monday, you don't believe that's an accurate comp. And it's not. Go look at that Viking schedule and tell me their four best wins from that schedule. Okay, they beat the Bills in Buffalo. You're talking about from last yeah, year? That's pretty good. All right, what else? What else? In- that was that I defended that win a lot. That was more than pretty good. So I have no problem. I mean, I'm saying that. I, I thought- that's the, but that's the top thing. All right, now what else? Now what other wins would you want to pick okay. from that? And you can't it doesn't stack up to uh, what the Eagles have done in terms of beating the Chiefs in Kansas City, beating the Bills, who were better than their record indicated in terms of DVOA and point differential and everything. Beat the Dolphins, the Bizarro Eagles, the Cowboys. Talked about like those are four right. really high quality wins. This is gauntlet that they've been going through, especially the one if you wanted to start it um, right before the bye, including the Cowboys in there. They're three and zero so far. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Uh, the the goal was basically to go three and three, four and two in the stretch, and they've already done a lot of the heavy lifting with that. And I would say even like the Seahawks part of this quote unquote gauntlet might not even be relevant anymore. They're not looking too great. We'll get to that later, but. Um, I think there absolutely is luck involved when it comes to winning these one score games, but it's not just entirely lucky that they are able to fight back the way that they have. That is a very real thing that is attributed to Jalen Hurts, who has this juxtaposition of being entirely composed and calm, but also this intensity and will to win. And you see it. The Eagles released a clip on Tuesday, like a mic'd up of Brandon Graham, who, by the way, just became the most tenured Eagle of all time in terms of um, games played. He's the now leads the Eagles franchise history in regular season games played. David Aker still has the overall games played if you count playoffs. But um, BG was basically saying, like, you don't know Jalen Hurts like I do. And I just think that it's simple, but also resonates like the, the players believe in him. The team believes in him, that he believes in the team. There's just such a belief. And I think that, that they don't have these comeback wins. Without some luck, yes, but they also don't have it without the belief. So um, this was kind of my argument for the Vikings last year, um, which you hated on. Um, as an example, like this is an extreme example for the Vikings last year, the Colts win that they had. Um, what was it, the like 33-point comeback? Like everybody like dragged them because like, oh, man, you fell down like 33 Your points. Colts, to the Jeff the Colts like, you Colts, hate but, and obliterate. But, but, but like – that that does take extreme talent to overcome. Like again, we could talk about like falling into that. There's a difference between being with, down thirty like, to the Colts and like ten to no, other but teams. Like, I, I, I admitted that it was an extreme example, but like my point is like that, again, there's a lot of talent and belief that is required to do things like that. And so I think that somebody I forget who it was, so apologies, but somebody you know in the aftermath on Sunday afternoon or evening after the Eagles game. Uh, tweeted at me and they were like the Eagles are such a fascinating social experiment almost and I kind of agree with that um, and I think sometimes when there's something volatile like this happening we, we talk about this all the time like people want to live just at one end of the spectrum so like um, I would assume there are some Eagles fans not all who are like this team is amazing this team is perfect like this no, team is infallible I quit no hating that. <laughs> well I mean I'm, I'm certain there's somebody saying that and then there are, are like 
quote unquote haters. And I would put some Cowboys fans in this mix who were like, this team is purely luck based. And like, the truth is, I don't know if it's in the middle, but it's closer to the middle than it is either one of these spectrums. Um, and yeah, you could talk about all sorts of luck. Like the things that come to mind off the top of my head are um, the Luke Schoonmaker play or the Justin Jefferson fumble out the you know end zone, whatever. But um, or, or Sean McDermott being a coward and, you know, taking a knee to go to, you know, overtime. But like I'm saying, it, it all ultimately still at some point ends up in the hands of somebody who makes a play. Last Monday night in Kansas City, it was the Jalen Hurts deep throw to Devontae Smith that was ultimately the game-winning touchdown. On Sunday, it was the drive that the Eagles had. And it's not just Jalen Hurts. It's the blocks and the you know offensive line working. I say the blocks because there was that clip running around of Jason Kelsey on the game winner. I mean, like, so again, the way I've – I'm not trying to say, like, I'm the best at this, but, like, I, I've, I think I've worded it best in that they have this innate ability to identify whether – purposefully or accidentally the most important time to do the most important thing. And they do that. There is unquestionably luck involved. Um, and logic would suggest similar to the Vikings last year, that at some point that would run out. And I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, I really don't, but I do think the biggest test of that is this week against San Francisco, because if there's one team who, you know, will not fold or is too talented to like kind of pee down their leg the way the Bills did, it's the 49ers. I know we'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, it's weird. I mean, it, it's weird. Last year's Eagles felt indestructible. I don't feel that way about this year's Eagles team, despite the 10 and one record. That's not to say that they suck. But um, I think you agree if that makes sense. I guess the question is, you know, like, do they have another gear? That's what we've been kind of wondering the whole year. It feels to me like they could. Like, there's could, there's reason to believe that. I don't think they have. Okay, but but whether they could or not is a different question. Do they? That's I, that's yeah, your question. We still have yet. Well, until they do it, I agree. We don't just give them the benefit of the doubt. But I do think we need to allow that possibility still to exist and not. And again, the other not relevant or the not good comparison to the Vikings is. The Vikings got blown out in games. The Eagles have never at any point looked like totally overmatched and blown out, at least to this point. We'll see. Obviously, the next two games are going to be a big test of that. And if things really are similar to the 22 Vikings, you'll see those blowout losses kind of manifest in potentially these next two weeks. And then we can have a conversation about that at that time. But for now, that has not happened yet. And they're what are, coming. What, what are the Eagles like? I, like there are games that like you have to steal, right? Like in a given season to maybe be the one seed or win a division or whatever. Like what are the games you feel like the Eagles have stolen this year? Like maybe the Chiefs game is one. I don't feel like they stole this this Bills game. Like I feel like they they were the better team. I know that Josh Allen had an amazing performance, but Jalen was great too. Like I don't feel like I I do feel like if if we're qualifying stolen victories i would put the chiefs game okay in. yeah i mean i don't know how like you, but then you might want to say the cowboys game but then again the eagles were up 11 points in that game at one point so it's not like they were like totally just down and out the whole time um look regardless of how they got here they're 10 and 1 and that puts them in a very advantageous spot obviously as it goes the rest of the way they could really lose to both obviously this wouldn't feel good to be clear but if you lose the next two weeks to the 49ers and the cowboys there's still a very viable path to still being the one seed. That's pretty crazy. You've given yourself that margin for error. And you, and even though you would be annoyed that like, okay, maybe we have the ceiling on us because we couldn't beat those teams, depending how those games go. Obviously the final score is going to matter in terms of that feeling, but um, you're, you're in the one seed yeah, for the second straight year in a row. You you've done what has been impossible. Just forget the one seed thing for a second. We all talk about, 
No team in the NFC East repeating in 20, almost 20 years. 20 years. We talk about that every single year. And the Eagles are on the precipice of doing just that. And that alone is very incredibly impressive. They actually will hang a banner for that in terms of the Eagles putting up their division championships, which, you know. I made a, I made a joke about that in an article this week. But, I mean, that's true. You know, like, that's really – it's been really impossible. That's the dumbest thing to, to hang – like, division well, look, banners yeah, I'm, No, I'm not I'm justifying sorry. that. I'm just saying, like, it is impressive that they are almost about to do that. So It isn't impressive. It, it isn't impressive that nobody did it in 20 years and they did It's impressive that they did it. But, like, it isn't impressive, like, relative to the – It is, the though. Why? How is that irrelevant? No, it's that's not because it, – because it's, it's weird. hard to it's, do, it's but that speaks thing. to the NFL. Well, they they have they have failed themselves multiple right. times. In fact, they were reigning Super Bowl right. champions and failed to do it. So but that's like, what I'm saying. It's I hard do. to do. It's really hard to do. This is a weird, a very weird Eagles team. I I just yes. like, and it's such a weird team for this to happen to because the the fan base is so passionate. But um, these odds may have shifted. Um, I tweeted these out um, on Monday afternoon, so it's possible that they're slightly different. But I just needed to reference them somewhere. So Eagles odds to win the NFCs, as you mentioned, minus these are all at DraftKings Sportsbook, our, our friends, uh, minus eleven hundred. Uh, the Cowboys are plus seven hundred, just for context there. Uh, the odds to win the NFC, though, the Eagles aren't even the favorites I right now that. to win the NFC. That's that's crazy. Like like you know what I mean? Like you would think like ten and one in these overwhelming you know favorites to win your respective division. But so Niners are plus one ninety, Eagles plus two hundred, Dallas plus three eighty. They are closer on Philly's tails to winning the NFC in terms of odds for that. Um, than they are within the division. That's so stupid. I mean, that, again, speaks to the, the weirdness of this all. And finally, odds to win the Super Bowl. The Eagles are third. <laughs> the Niners and Chiefs are both ahead of them. Um, and again, Dallas is still closer to them in terms of odds to win the Super Bowl um, than they are to win the division, which, again, speaks to, uh, if you want, I guess maybe the best word is a luxury, the luxury that the Eagles have with regards to winning the division. And they've set themselves up to be in the best position, obviously, to win the NFC, win the Super Bowl. I had uh, had a series of tweets and thread posts on Sunday morning. Obviously, the Cowboys didn't play. Um, how this this game, this Bills game, was significant for the NFC East race because this is a, a common opponent between Dallas and Philadelphia that Dallas has yet to play. So obviously, had the Eagles lost, Dallas would have had a chance to pick up that advantage. Uh, because that did not happen, now the Cowboys are reliant upon the Seahawks, who I, I think we're both you know, in agreement are fading, um, and the Giants and the Cardinals, you know, beating the Eagles and equalizing Dallas in that sense, because Dallas did beat the Jets, obviously, who Philadelphia lost to. Um, so, I mean, again, I, I think New York Times has the Eagles as 91% favorites to win the division. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's it, it's so strange that, like, I... I, and I don't think I'm alone here. I don't totally believe in their like abilities across the rest of the season, but they're undeniably going to win the NFC East and, and probably have the number one seed in the conference. Well, it's just hard to not give them the benefit of the doubt, though. Like you've been, you've even been saying that. Like when you've been picking these games, it's like, well, they shouldn't win, but they're going to win. <laughs> that's kind of just what they do. And until that's why I'm excited for this week, because well, again, like if if any team. Like if it were if, if the weird magic works against the Niners, then okay. I mean, like then it, it maybe it truly is impossible. I mean, maybe it's just you know fate is smiling upon Philadelphia, but um, it's strange. And there's all this discourse. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but about Jalen Hurts and MVP odds and things like that. He like again, this is where like opposite ends of the spectrum become the conversation. I don't think Jalen Hurts is playing poorly. I think Jalen Hurts is probably like right now again again in terms of how he's playing, like the fourth or fifth best quarterback in the NFL. 
but that isn't MVP, which is where the discourse comes from. Well, MVP, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, typically just goes to like one of the number one seed quarterbacks. Like if you look at the history of it, right. it just does. Like so, that's it right there. Like that's just the standard. I mean, that's not, so stupid. I like the standard. But I'm <laughs> saying like that has been the standard. I know. I mean, I know. I know. But so like. You can, like, I respect that at least you're acknowledging, like, this is the standard. It's kind of wonky and it's kind of silly. More often than not, it does kind of pass the eye test. This year is an exception in that it, it kind of doesn't. Again, Jalen playing incredibly. The final drive against Buffalo was super impressive, obviously. Not just the final drive. The Zacchaeus touchdown was amazing. Um, so it, it can be, like, multiple things can be true in that Jalen can be playing at an exceptionally high level and that he might not be the most eye test deserving player to win. Not even eye test, but you get what I'm saying? Like player. Well, he was horrible in the first half. I mean, he had a 7.0 passer rating and everyone wants to get mad about Eagles offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson. Look, I don't think he was like great either in the first half, but you don't pay your quarterback $51 million a year to have a 7.0 passer rating in the first half and have two turnovers that directly set up two opponent touchdowns. So I don't think Hertz got enough heat in the first half because as I've said before, people don't want to blame the guy who's, jersey they have as when they can blame the coach right all the all the blame is on the coordinator right. but all the praise is exactly on the yeah you know, that's, it's funny though because like okay right. any of those touchdowns happen obviously not so much with the Zacchaeus one because that was not a scripted play as much as just a improvise improvising improvisational there's the word <laughs> um it's so much easier sometimes you know to see the word in my head but not actually say it out loud anyway by the way Chances of winning the NFC East is at uh, 94, according to the New York Times oh. playoff simulator. And then the one seed is at 75%. According. That's amazing. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, yeah, it is. And uh, obviously the Lions I... losing helped with the Eagles in terms of, you know, that was so, being a little bit tight. This is my final question, unless you have more Eagles thoughts. Um, it seems really improbable that Dallas will catch Philly, obviously for the East and therefore the one seed. But say because you're right that Philly has a great chance of, of securing the one seed, even if they lose their next two games. And I, I think odds makers would probably suggest that they're going to lose their next two games. Again, anything can happen, but again, if we're just going off of, you know, implicit odds, um, if San Francisco, so San Francisco has the Eagles this week, obviously, and then Seattle next week. And I think we both believe that they probably win those games. Um, I mean, like that might be the threat, like to the one seed, it, not Dallas, yeah, because Philly has this lead. I don't like, think the Cowboys I think it's very possible. It. Like, obviously, they can mathematically, but I think they're you know because they lost to the 49ers. Like, getting that, having to get a whole ahead game ahead of the 49ers, I think is going to be tough for Dallas, and obviously it would be tough for the Eagles well, too if they also. Even, it, I think it's tough for Dallas to even get ahead of Philly because of of the end of the season schedule mm -hmm. for Philadelphia um, and how soft it is. But I do think it's possible that San Francisco again, this is contingent upon them winning this week. Um, but San Francisco leapfrogs Philadelphia. Um, it's possible. They sold the Niners or sorry, the, um, the Niners. they sold the Ravens, you know, so that's going to be a tough game for them. We'll see how that goes. And really, again, if the Eagles can win out after the Ravens and their quarterback, who you don't believe in, if the Eagles win out after um, the, the Dallas, yeah, game. Dallas game. And I think, I think, so I think if the, I forget if I'm doing this right. If the 49ers just, slip up that one time that could be the difference if they lose to that ravens team yeah that would be the that would be a fourth loss right. so Philly would only right. have three so like no. again that's why they could lose both and afford that still so yeah i mean we'll see it totally depends obviously on but that's the thing eagles have the chance so the eagles have had chances in games this year even including the bills game where it's like they can put the game away and they haven't totally done it like i mean in terms of like the offense being out there on the field and just like don't even let 
I mean, I feel bad for Brandon Graham specifically. He had a big sack in the Cowboys game, whatever this happened. And it was like, all right, offense gets the ball back. Just end the game. They like run out the clock, whatever. Same thing in the Bills game. Same thing with Brandon Graham. Didn't do it. The Eagles now have this opportunity like in the course of the season where it's like, all right, you have the one seed within sight. You can, if you take care, really, and you don't even have to beat both the 49ers and the Cowboys. You really just... You can lose both of those well, you games, can lose, actually. Like I said, but I'm saying in terms of like really controlling it and not having to root for other factors, like just win one of these two. Even if you just win one of these two, that's huge. If the Eagles win this, if the Eagles win the 49ers game, like obviously I want them to beat the Cowboys still, but like I don't really care that much. I'm not going to care that much if they beat the 49ers. Well, this this segues us into the Cowboys portion of the discussion, and it's been well, a while. Obviously, we have an Cowboys. Eagles Cowboys tie-in that I kind of wanted to bring up as well. Well, we'll, we'll okay. get to that when we kind of spin forward. Uh, but the Cowboys, it's been a while now. Beat the Commanders on Thanksgiving Day, forty-five to ten, um, and I've been talking about this for a while. Again, patting myself on the back. How this coming week against the Seahawks is maybe the biggest game remaining on the regular season for them in terms of playoff implications. I wrote an article about this, did a video as well on our YouTube channel. Um, but as far as the game is concerned, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, so we can kind of just talk about the Cowboys as a whole. I don't know if you have any thoughts you want to share. Jerron Bland obviously set the, the record. It was incredible. Um, he's incredible. Um, his development has really kind of allowed the Cowboys to return to what they thought they were going to have with Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore. Now it's just Jerron Bland and Stephon Gilmore. Um, this game was a little bit tight early on. Just like I think – I was similarly to the Panthers game. I was never like worried, um, but it was a little bit closer and uh, than I would have liked, obviously. And then it was just like the dam broke and everything. It was a 25 point fourth quarter for the Cowboys. Like it was absolute, total, utter chaos and obliteration of the commanders. Um, the celebration was awesome with the turkey leg. It was a good time. Yeah, it's not new. Just like what I said in terms of like talking points here. Same thing with the Eagles. Like, oh, they won close again. Oh, the Cowboys dominated a bad team again. It's, I believe, eight. If you look up Tankathon and you look at the top nine teams in the draft order, the, the nine worst teams, the Cowboys have played eight uh, of eight games against those nine teams. They played the Giants twice. That's just why I'm phrasing it like that. So, yeah, I mean, they played really bad teams. They've done exactly what you should against bad teams, which is beat the crap out of them. So credit them for doing that. But again, I don't really think that's anything new to say. I will say on the Deron Bland point, um, this is one of the things that's bothered me about the, if you have like, all right, let's say it this way. Um, you know, if you're a Cowboys fan annoyed about like the Eagles doing this stuff, like with their luck recently, one of the things that I would say is deserved luck because, you know, good job by scouting or whatever, to some extent at the same time, there's obviously luck involved when it comes to um, like hitting on Tony Romo as an undrafted rookie free agent and hitting on Dak Prescott to the extent that the Cowboys did as a fourth round pick. It's like the Cowboys will have things go awry with injuries, like in the case of uh, well, Bledsoe was benched, right? But in any, or was he hurt? Yeah, they benched. But in any case, like no, to be able to turn to Romo like that is just very fortunate, and to be able to turn to Dak Prescott after they were the Cowboys were inadvisably continuing to rely on tony romo like in his broken back and that just works out okay the cowboys lose trayvon diggs big deal no deron bland just steps up and is like even better maybe then like it's like that's that's a little infuriating i'm not saying the cowboys don't deserve credit for that again good job by their coaching staff and everything to identify good players but the the extent of which like that's hitting is a little like okay this is pretty ridiculous um it's worth mentioning that this isn't like for anyone who's unaware like eagles fans certainly um like the bland story is massive now he led the team in interceptions last year as a rookie i don't know if you realize that i know he had a really um, good year so, but like, why did he emerge he emerged because jordan lewis got hurt or whatever 
So then he had to play. It's just like someone goes down on the Cowboys, and then somehow the player behind them is even better. It's like, what? what is that coming from? He has more. Um, I think it was Dan Hansis who said this on the Around the NFL podcast, and I was going to tweet it, but I, at this point, like we've kind of, you know, we've we've had we've we've done a lot on both of these subjects. Um, he has more passes caught for a touchdown in just this season, but like from September through Thanksgiving, than Kyle Pitts does his entire career. Well, like think yeah, about that. That's I mean, like so stupid. It's stupid. Um, Kyle but, Pitts also the craziest one that I ever uh, that I heard. Um, obviously, he set the single season record. He has tied the record for career pick sixes in Dallas Cowboys matches. That's pretty what? crazy. Like how how is that possible? Like you know what I mean? Like um, it's insane. Um, the, so uh, I guess two weeks ago now, the Carolina interception was probably the prettiest interception. It was a pick six, obviously, but probably the prettiest play on an interception he's made throughout his career. Uh, the way he undercut the route and obviously the kind of roll forward to yeah. get up and keep running. But this was by far the best pick six like the best run to the end zone like it wasn't free it wasn't like untouched like he had to work for that uh and i'll give you know washington a little bit of credit for at least trying to stand in his way uh jim nance we don't typically shout out broadcasters had an incredible call of this like it was awesome like jim nance was in his bag on this tony romo you know romo just maybe chill out a little bit you know romo's romo's a little little bit off i mean just calm down dude just be cool uh but um but Dak Prescott is the highest graded quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, he is on fire. Um, so like, th- it's like the team takes turns. It's like in one, mo- like one fell swoop, the defense is on fire and then the offense is on fire. And it just, again, kind of comes in these significant waves. Um, Dak Prescott's also going to be a father. Congratulations to him. Uh, it was announced over the weekend. I don't know if you saw this, going to have a baby girl. So, um, you know, things are uh, pointing out for the Cowboys and, um, I guess on this game, I did want to mention it um, here because it is the NFC's mixtape on the Washington side. I don't, I, mean, I don't know what your Thanksgiving Day routine was, so I don't know how tuned in you were to the game. Um, Ron Rivera punted twice on the first two Washington possessions from the Dallas 44 and Dallas 43 yard line. All right, as a double digit point mm. underdog on the road in a season where you kind of got to do something to save your mm. job. The ultimate move of cowardice. You believed in this dude to a slight degree. It, like even to, to a slight degree is embarrassing, but you believe in him to a strong. Not degree. so untrue. This no, dude, you said it right to a slight degree. Stinks. Like what you're oh my gosh, holding against me is move. that I predicted the Commanders to. Well, they were still the football team, I think, at the time to win the they NFC East with a sub five hundred record again. That was my prediction no, for them. The, the take, it's the not believing in him with a shadow of a doubt. You said, you said you believed in the duo of Ron Rivera and Ryan Fitzpatrick more than Mike. McCarthy I stand by that. Fitzpatrick. I mean, I, I that I, looks so horrible right that, now. By the way, totally, uh, well, yeah, it looks the, terrible now. Ryan Fitzpatrick's out of the league. Ron Rivera has gotten oh, worse. and Mike McCarthy's on fire as in his first season as offensive play caller as the Cowboys. I mean, like for the Cowboys. I mean, I think if you had a well, healthy Ryan so Fitzpatrick, please, they could have won that division. Please address the the Ron Rivera cowardice. Well, and then I have we can a get into the Commanders last because they actually we have an NFC East okay. order change. How about that? It's first okay, one okay. in a then, while. Then my McCarthy point. Um, so the Cowboys have been on fire at home. Obviously, riding a 13 game home winning streak, longest in the NFL at the moment. Um, the Cowboys have scored 205 points in their five home games. Now, some of those are defensively. You know, shout out to Deron Blaine and special teams. But obviously, the significant majority is on offense. The last team to score at least 205 points in their first five home games of a season, the 2014 Green Bay Packers, whose play caller was obviously Mike McCarthy. I mean, 
I know it's not cool. I know it's not Vogue. I know nobody likes to do it, but the guy deserves a lot of credit. Like, I mean, you don't have to say he's the greatest coach of all time, but like you have to give this dude his props. And who looks terrible right now? Your boy, Kellen Moore, with his boy, Justin Herbert. Like, I mean, Mike first McCarthy franchise, executive... but sure. I mean, still, but everybody all offseason was like, Kellen Moore and Justin Herbert are going to like be amazing. Mike McCarthy just wants to run the ball, blah, 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 blah. Mike McCarthy made the executive decision to move on from Kellen Moore. All the best to Kellen, really rooting him on for real. And it looks great. Like, I know there was a stumble, obviously, as they learned. He listened to his players and what they wanted. He adapted. He deserves a lot of credit. Congratulations to the second best head coach in the NFC East. Oh, my gosh. You know, honestly, like, we can joke about that, but being the second best anything in the NFC East right now is not, like, anything to be sad about. Like, the NFC East well is dominating. I don't know. Guy who covers the I don't know if you've, uh, in the NFC East. I don't know. Second team place. You misspoke. Way to, way to mess up your words. But I don't know if you have done your power rankings yet at Bleeding Green Nation, um, but I already did mine. So I have mine. And Pete, uh, not posted, Pete Prisco. Well, Pete Prisco at CBS has the Eagles number one and the Cowboys number two. The, he's the only outlet that we curate um, that, that had that. I think I do have the Cowboys ahead of the 49ers. It feels a little wrong because of the, like, directly, because, you know, just because of the matchup specifically. But, you know, whatever. That's a tier thing. Um. Anyway, shout out to Mike McCarthy. All right. You mentioned it. We have a movement. Now the third place we, we New York Giants. Who... And also, before oh, we fine. get to the break, we should really talk about a player that could be a cowboy he um, could be an eagle could be going to another team but there's a little bit of a i don't want to say it's not a bidding war because it's a unique circumstance here where i, I almost called him darius leonard because he used to be darius leonard and i keep forgetting that shaq yeah. leonard shaquille leonard shaquille leonard yeah. shaquille o'neal leonard is i don't want to spend a ton of time on this because this could change by well, i want to get your thoughts on it though like what is your pre-thought like do you want the cowboys to sign him do you care um so I, um, I mean, at this moment in time, for you and I recording, I believe he's meeting with the, the, the like what like, we know like right active. now is we're recording this on Tuesday, November twenty eighth at one oh seven Eastern. Is that Leonard is visiting the Cowboys on Tuesday, and then and does not have a visit set up with the Eagles, but they right. are interested. That's right. Um, so the Cowboys are down late in Van Der Esch across the rest of the season. Um, they signed Rashawn Evans a few weeks back, or maybe a few he months was on the Eagles practice squad early in the season. Right. Um, and now obviously have interest in Leonard. So that's like the 2018 linebacker triumvirate. Um, and so, uh, I mean, I would love this. Like, I mean, I, I don't think this is the like, you know, uh, vertical photographic that I want to see from like the sports center account. That's <laughs> like, imagine the Cow- on this yeah. defense, Deron, yeah, exactly. Shaq Leonard. Um, but like, the Cowboys, Marquise Bell has played really well. I shouted him out, by the way, in the lead up to the Cowboys Eagles game and got roasted for that by stats. Mm. Uh, so he's played really well. Demone Clark has played really well, but you just never know. Demone I mean, Clark kind of a punk, like, in my opinion. Depth is an issue um, for all teams. And so I would love to see the Cowboys shore this up. And if you bring him in and don't ask him to be the maniac or whatever, like I think he can help your football team. So yeah, I would love to see this happen for the Cowboys. Yeah, I think the Eagles need him because they are down to two off ball healthy two healthy off-ball linebackers on their roster with Zach Cunningham who has been their top linebacker really this season getting hurt with a hamstring injury in the week 12 game against the Bills we don't know exactly where he's at with that even if he is healthy I mean the Eagles again just have two linebackers on the roster behind him and Nicholas Morrow who starts next to Cunningham typically and it's just kind of fine just a guy at best and then Christian Ellis 
who they wanted to be a thing early in the year and then he didn't play well and then he was basically just relegated to special demons duty and then when he had to play against the bills the bills were kind of noticeably picking on him so i don't think leonard has a lot left i mean the colts cut him for a reason like i don't think he's you know a difference maker but the Eagles don't need a difference maker they just need someone who can kind of help raise the floor so i would really hope that the eagles get him and think they should be able to because they're better than the cowboys in the standings like why would you want to sign with the worst team and uh Leonard actually went out of his way to defend Nick Sirianni back when Nick Sirianni got hired by the Eagles and was like kind of getting roasted for the press conference thing. Um, so maybe there's some kind of connection. There. Oh, uh, the, the, what was it? The, that wasn't the flower pot. No, was that it? was <clears throat> just like an okay. awkward kind of first press conference. I got so overblown right, as I talked right. about with Jimmy Kemsky because Doug Peterson also had a terrible first press conference and won the Super Bowl. Um, one to ten, um, ten being the most. How mad would you be if Leonard signed with the Cowboys? I would be mad if he signed anywhere else than the Eagles. But, how, but what about the Cowboys specifically? Cow- it's just I wouldn't be mad. It doesn't matter. A one to ten, um, probably a seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, like uh, how much well, your scale not- if he signed with the Eagles? Um, well, I don't mean to do the like. Oh, the Cowboys would have passed on him, so like I trust them, but I kind of do. You know what I mean? Like, well, then, they, yeah, you like, the numbers. The med- the, the medical is the big thing. I'd probably like a six okay. or seven. That's a good call. Um, okay. Although I do worry that this has, um, was it in Damakong Su and Linval Joseph last year? Um, like, I worry that this is like that. I know that they made slight differences, mm. but like they weren't. Linval like, was pretty good. They, they weren't like what the vertical graphic would have suggested. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. Linval Joseph uh, okay, and Su and Milton Williams. Uh, let's take a very quick break. To hear a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. The time has come, BLG, to talk about Tommy DeVito and the New York barely a football team giant. This is a disaster for the Giants. It was a must-lose game. I said that on the podcast last week, yeah. and they won a must-lose game. The Patriots absolutely missed that kick on purpose. The Patriots know what they're doing. Giants do not. Obviously, I can't ask the players to lose, but organizationally, like they had to make a better effort to lose that game. They did. Next, now the Patriots have the third overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft order as it stands. And the Giants are sitting there at four and eight at, at the sixth spot, Washington just ahead of them. I messaged you this during the game, or like right after the game, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I was like, just imagine the Giants going through this hell of a season. At no point was there any hope because you start off with a 40 to 0 blowout loss in week one at home. At no point, and then, you know, the Cardinals game and obviously going from there. At no point has it ever been like, maybe the Giants are going to do something. Like the Bucs had that, you know, just for by contrast. Like the Buccaneers were 2 and 0. It's a bad division. They still might be alive in that division considering how bad that division is. But there was like, oh, maybe the Bucs are frisky this year. Who knows? Giants never had that. And yet, they might be in a spot here where they don't even get a top five pick. And there is an absolutely delicious scenario waiting where the Eagles have everything wrapped up by week 18. And oh, and the Giants beat them. And the, and the yeah. Eagles rest all their starters and the Eagles help. And obviously you should be rooting for that too. Um, the Eagles help the Giants get an extra win that only ruins their draft positioning even more. Um, I think it'd be funnier. Um, at least from my perspective, if the Eagles needed that win, like if San Francisco kept pace with them and and yeah, then and then the saying. Giants still I know, but like 
that would be the that would make it worse for the Giants. You know what I'm saying? Like to because they would walk real proud. Like we denied the Eagles the one seed while, while um, just spiting like, themselves. Like, yeah, um, dude, this is and like I guess if you're a Giants fan, like I don't blame you for like leaning into the Tommy DeVito thing and having fun. Like, what got, else do you have yeah. going on for you? Yeah. Um, but you said it like, and I, I think the worst part about like beyond like not ever having any hope this season is that like this season was so bad that it ruined the like one like fun year you had. Like, you know what I mean? It like completely. Um, have you ever seen How I Met Your Mother? I don't know yes. if we've ever talked about this. So you remember when um, Lily talks about um, the breaking glass phenomenon, like when you reveal the truth about something to someone, like, you know, like if someone would be like, oh, Brandon, like, this friend of ours like is really loud when they eat popcorn. And then like the next time that person eats popcorn, like you're like, Holy crap, that is mm-hmm. really loud. Like I never noticed that before. And now all I can do is notice it. Um, so like, I think every giants fan was kind of like um, ostrich effect. Uh, it's ostrich effect, right? The ostrich effect, mm-hmm. um, like about the 2022 season, they were like, Oh, it was fine. It was great. Like, and all this season did was be like, yeah, it was actually a big, like fraudulent year. Like you, the one cool thing you had was really terrible in all actuality. Um, so, Times are tough. I mean, I I think, and I think the worst part about this is like, and maybe it's not the worst part, but like Brian Dable might be safe. Um, and I don't know that you can feel great. Him, if they're bringing Daniel Jones back. Well, and now you have this like weird Wink Martindale drama or whatever. Um, I mean, dude, like you beat, you won this game 10 to seven. What? So the Giants have, that's the other thing. It's not like they won and like look good. And it's like, okay, well maybe, Dable's, you know, looking like he is a good coach, actually. Or doing it's like you were just the less worst team. You didn't win because you did anything great. You just were less worse than the Patriots, who are terrible, but again, did the right thing by actually losing for their franchise. Here's the Giants remaining five games after the bye week that they have here. So they're coming off the bye with a home game against the Packers. Do they win or lose? They lose. The Packers are in the mix now. I, mean, I think that's fair. And they're a better I team. Agree. Right. So uh, they lose. at New Orleans. They lose. Also fighting for life. In the Eagles NFC. on Christmas in Philly. That's um, probably a must win for the Eagles, especially if they do lose um, the Niners and Cowboys games like we're you know, kind of living in a hypothetical on. Um, so yeah, they they also smoked Dable three times last year. None of those games were close. Um, but the, the, the week 18 one doesn't really matter. I mean, let's sure. relax on that. I well, mean, yeah, I forgot about that. But I mean, whatever. Yeah, it was a weird game. Um, Rams in uh at metlife um also clinging to wildcard hopes i mean you, you, you know some, win, some you of this depends lose, on you think they lose those four i think they win at least one of those i mean all four of those those games are like must wins for those teams at least the way the playoff field looks right now you know what and i mean then like and to end the season they so you think they well let's just assume i guess that the eagles don't need that game and then you think they win probably yeah oh man and then, and then Dable has some like it's great to enter the offseason on a win. No. You know what I mean? Like some stupid You're right. line. You like, would say that, but no, it's just so not true. I hate the, um, that is one of my least favorite like things ever. Having lived through it with the 2011 Eagles, where they were four and eight, dream team, and they won their last four, and they just missed out in the playoffs. But everyone was like, "Well, these four wins matter. This momentum carried over to next season and the next season." They went four and twelve. Andy Reid got fired. It, that's such garbage. Building wins at the end of the year does not matter for the next season. Um, are you ready to move on back to the Commanders? 
the commanders who have sunk to fourth place in the division now having not having the tiebreaker this is crazy like can you can you address the fourth down things finally i mean yeah it's a coach who honestly just shouldn't be in the nfl the game has passed ron rivera by that is very apparent it's passed him by the game like like when when did he ever do anything elite like i mean like seriously i mean there have been um i think five now because of the bucks last year five teams like ever to to win their division with a below 500 record ron rivera has done it twice like talk about like we talk about luck like all-time luck to have that happen for you to have your division be so bad that you managed to win it and by the way i know everybody was talking about alex smith's comments Alex Smith, you were a part of that Washington team. I know you got hurt, obviously, but that you know had the the like below five hundred record that won a division. Like, let's let's relax on calling any division bad when you've been a part of something like that. But, but it's crazy. Jack Del Rio lasted as long as he did, considering that the Commanders' defense last time it was good was like twenty twenty, right? Like it's been it's been multiple like really good. It's been multiple years. The front's you know obviously being consistently good because of the talent there, but the defense as a whole, it's been a while. It is weird how also, like it felt like this commander's team might be a little frisky and considering the weakened state of the NFC a bit there, especially with the Packers and Rams floundering a bit more than they were um, Falcons too. It was like, okay, commanders. I mean, you even said you, I think you even said you were a bigger believer in me. You're like commanders might be seven seed at one point. So you believing in your boy, Ron Rivera more than me even, but um, I never believed that. And this year has always been kind of just a waste of time for them, but they do seem to be figuring it out in terms of tanking because if they bottom out and right now, as I said, they are the number five pick in the draft right ahead of the giants. That's exactly in the direction they need to keep trending. They probably can't get, you know, it's like the Patriots level at two wins. They can't, they probably can't get a top three pick there, but they could get four. And, uh, at four, you're within striking distance, potentially of trading up maybe a spot or two, depending on how the board shakes out there. So I think this is ultimately a good thing for the commanders to spin out of control like this because it really forces uh, them to not have a false positive and for ownership to really turn things over. So sucks in the short term of getting blown out by a division rival by 35 points on Thanksgiving. By the way, I can't even believe I just didn't mention this till now. Why is Jerry Jones talking about that game being better than Super Bowl wins for the Cowboys because he literally did say that he literally explicitly know, said that Brandon if you're taking Jerry Jones's words why did he say that because he's a that's what he it's does insane. Like it's the, it's how do you feel good about your team you're asking the question do you want yes. me to answer it the, the reason he's saying that is because this is the most watched game of the year outside of the Super Bowl that's why he's saying it like it, so it's insane. not literally true it's not literally true. You're the only person who freaks out about this. It's insane. It's like, an insane. If Jeffrey Lurie said that in no, Philadelphia, no, no, he would be. No. If Jeffrey Lurie said it, it would be different. Like the context would be different. Like it's, it's like normal for Jerry Jones. I recognize that that's not it's like not normal. It's big loser energy from the top down. It's not loser it energy. Is. Again, you're, you're saying you're, a, you're a division, our division win. You're is better than Super Bowl. Why would you need like, this? There's not. Why can't you say, Hey, today was a great day for the Dallas Cowboys. Because that's not how he rolls. Again, like this is different. I'm not saying it's, it's bad cool, energy, but like this is this is par for the course. You know it. It's anyway, a bad vibe. It's not a good vibe. It's um, definitely not a good. You vibe. You talked about the uh, the 2011 Eagles um, rallying. The Commanders last year were one and four, and wound up going eight eight and one. Was it worth it? Like, no. And they. I mean, you, you played Taylor Heineke to do what? Like, just try to get better last year as opposed to 
they could have played Sam Howell, you know, some more, had more of a sample size of him between last year. You and want this to talk year. about like bad, bad vibes. The worst thing that Ron Rivera has said in recent memory was, and I'm paraphrasing and I don't, I don't remember exactly I, what I it was, but when, when he was like, if we didn't know Sam Howell was this good, we would have played him oh, early. It's like, I thought you said the Brock stop. Birdie thing when they compared him to like Brock Birdie. Oh, that was also dumb. I mean, like, like again, what has Ron Rivera ever done in Washington that has made you go, oh crap, like that coach is in my division? Nothing, not one thing. What's the commander's remaining schedule? Let me look that up here and see. Let's predict how they're going to finish out the rest of the way. It is, um, I've got it. Okay. It is, uh, got my handy dandy shit. The here. Dolphins. Um, and then they're on their bye. Uh, so we think they lose to Miami. Uh, it's the last. It's the last week of bye. Them and the uh, the Cardinals are the only two teams on bye that week. Two teams that uh, definitely so, don't need the late bye because of not even they, um, playoff contention. They're definitely losing with the Dolphins, yep. right? So four and nine, and then bye at the Rams. We gave the Giants. We'll say loss. they so lose to the Rams, but I think they beat the Jets. I mean, the Jets are so listless. Yeah. So, so that's five and ten, and then San Francisco five and eleven. And then some of this depends right. on the Cowboys and what wow. happens. And we'll get to this, this in a moment here. Very um, interesting. In, week in terms of both. The, the Cowboys and Eagles could be clinched in their respective <laughs> right. positioning um, and allow the commanders and Giants be, to pick up two that's Mickey like the Mouse That would be so that's funny. That's so ideal from the standpoint of hurting their draft positioning. That would be. That's the mixtape. That's the mixtape week. Okay, let's get to um to week 13 mm-hmm. then. Uh, the Cowboys get it started. We do go in chronological order here on Thursday night football. Um, back-to-back Thursday games for the Cowboys, obviously. They host the Seahawks. This line opened. I don't know if you saw this. Um, at Dallas, uh, seven point, with Dallas, the seven-point favorites. Now up to nine and a half. Um, I do want to read you something because that's a big jump, right? Like, you you agree? Um, like, objectively, like two and a half points. So I hit up Mookie Alexander, who runs mm-hmm. field goals, our, um, our, our Seattle Seahawks site here at SB Nation. And I was like, hey, did something happen that I missed, you know, that, that like, would have caused this? Um, he said, nothing I'm aware of. Ken Walker didn't practice, and I don't think he mm. plays, but that's it. And so I said, no offense to Ken Walker, but he's not worth two and a half points, LOL. And then Mookie had this line that was great. He said, yeah, I got nothing other than they've watched the Seahawks play recently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that was really funny. Um, I think we both are taking Dallas to cover, and I mentioned it. Um, I wrote an article about this, did a video, because it's important. We're going to talk about it on our roundtable on Tuesday evening, which is in the past for everybody. Um, this is the biggest game left on the regular season in all likelihood for the Cowboys as far as playoff implications go because the Seahawks are right behind the Cowboys right now in terms of wild card standings. Um, the, uh, after this, the Cowboys play the Eagles, who are probably going to win the NFC East, so not a contender for the wild card. Then the Cowboys play the Bills and Dolphins in back-to-back games. They're not relevant to the NFC wild card picture. Um, then they finish up with the Lions, who are overwhelming favorites to win the NFC North, therefore not a wild card contender, and then play the Commanders, and we just talked about that. Um, so the fact that Seattle and Minnesota are both kind of fading right now has given the Cowboys a massive lead in the wild card race, and if they win this game against the Seahawks specifically, it only you know strengthens, lengthens that particular lead and gives them the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Seahawks if that comes into play and sets them up to potentially manufacture their own buy, as we just talked about in Week 18 against Washington. Yeah, I think the Cowboys win this easily, which is unfortunate because for the listeners who may have not already heard, or if you did, hearing it again, you can come out to Wrong Crowd Beer Company, RJ, which is where I had the season... Uh, opener kind of podcast with jimmy kemsky for bgn radio the live pod we did out there in westchester pennsylvania we're going to do a uh thursday night football is there an east chester not that i know of 
uh, Thursday night football watch party at Wrong Crowd Beer Company in Westchester. In part because you know Jimmy and I can't do like an Eagles watch party thing, you know, because of our jobs. So you wouldn't. We're not fun people to right. watch a game with. Well, and that and y'all are obsessed with the Cowboys. Well, he travels so. to the road games too, um, and I. You know, it, we're, we're, and you're obsessed with we're the working. That's your favorite. So team. in any case, uh, we have to do something that is not an Eagles watch party. So we figured, yeah, why not do a Thursday night game? And uh, always fun to see the Cowboys lose. I don't think it's going to happen. This party was also decided way before the Seahawks kind of were really spiraling out of control here. I said it a couple of weeks ago or at least a week ago now that and I think you can verify on TGI football. Like the Seahawks are they're going to fall out of this thing. Like the Packers are rising. They have a really easy schedule the rest of the way. The Seahawks do not. They are turning back into a pumpkin. Like the Geno Smith thing, it was like, oh, you know, they wrote me off. I didn't write that. Oh, that was cute. That was fun. Oh, the Seahawks are good. No, they're not. Uh, he is turning back into the Geno Smith, who is not a starter in the NFL. You have Jason Peters out there playing offensive line for the Seahawks. Like their, their situation just, they have some talented pieces and players they're not a total joke like you know the commanders and giants kind of are at this point so maybe they hang around a little bit in this game but i think ultimately the cowboys do what they continue to do and put this team away and it's not even close at the end so i do think they will cover and win and get a nice little mini buy before playing the eagles um, I do think the Seahawks make the playoffs. I agree with everything you said, but um, and I agree if with you. Do, Green Bay probably it's because everyone else what? sucks. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I think I think the wild cards end up being the NFC East loser, which is probably going to be the Cowboys uh, at the five seed, and then Green Bay probably climbs as high as the six seed because Minnesota is also faded. Um, and then I, I think Seattle's got enough of a lead right now, and will do enough to just hang on for that seven Maybe. seed. So that could be relevant for the Eagles if they do not secure the one seed. Obviously, you know, they'd be the two seed, and um, that would be the team that they would host in the wild card round. So um, potential interesting kind of wrench in the overall NFC East playoff picture as things move. But we agree, Cowboys win, cover. Um, we will recap this game on TGI Football on Friday morning with Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. All right, uh, we do go in chronological order, which means we have to start or go next to the Washington Commanders and Miami Dolphins. Um, this is also a nine and a half point line, but Washington's on the other end of things. They are nine and a half point home underdogs against the miami dolphins i might take the points but i think that washington loses take the dolphins coming off the little bit of the mini buy considering they played on the Ooh, what do we call this it's not it's not quite the mini buy like the baby buy. almost the baby buy is baby bigger than mini i think baby is uh that's true um the microscopic buy okay and any case it's smaller than the mini buy the yeah. dolphins are superior and I think the commanders are organizationally tanking as they should be. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in what the Dolphins look like. Um, obviously, Dallas has yet to play them. The AFC East race is really interesting. Who does Buffalo play next? Or this they have week? a bye this um, week. And then Kansas City? Is that correct? I don't know. I don't know the Bills schedule yes. off the top of my head. Yeah. So they, they have a bye, then Kansas City, and then Dallas. Um, so if we presume, so what are the AFC East standings? Dolphins are on top. Miami's eight and three. <clears throat> no, I know, but they're eight and three. Is that correct? Um, I don't know. This isn't the AFC East so mixtape. No, but I do think this is relevant. I've been thinking about this. I'm kind of thinking about it out loud now. So Miami's eight and three. We both think they win this week, right? Yes. Okay. So they're nine and three. Then they're 
Then they play Tennessee, ten and three. Yep. And then the Jets are in there, eleven and three. Yeah. Right. So Buffalo is six and six after completely embarrassing themselves. Might not um, even make the playoffs. Insane. So after the bye, they're in Kansas City. That's their Super Bowl, is Arrowhead Stadium, right? Like we know that They'll about win that the Bills, game. but we both think. I don't think so. I know. I think I they agree. lose. I'm kidding. I mean, but I'm so, saying like that's like okay, you said, that's so their Super Bowl. My point is, they're six and seven, and the reason I bring all this up is like they're they, they're probably six and seven heading into the Dallas game. So they're like they might be quitting. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And or not they only might really need might, it. they might. Or, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously that's possible, but like. Things could shake out potentially to where Buffalo has quit by the time they host the Cowboys mm. and Miami has a significant lead by the time they host the Cowboys. I don't think the Bills are going to um, fold so and quit. I mean, like McDermott potentially coaching for his they're job. They're kind of already doing that. Whether they're doing yeah, I mean, that on purpose. I mean, is it not possible that they get like waxed by Kansas City and then he, Sean McDermott gets fired? It's not likely in terms of the Bills having a lost a game by more than six points this year. So I'm not counting on that. I would. I also wanted to mention um, that uh, I wanted to tweet this during the game, but it just never felt right because the game was always like kind of tight. Um, Tony Romo had to have had some like horrible flashbacks being in Philadelphia and seeing Sean McDermott. Mm. Like that had to have been a horrible experience for him. Um, so, anyway, are you ready for the final game? Tony Romo's also uh, probably having bad flashbacks because his last game ever in the NFL was a loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. It wasn't a Romo loss. We've talked about this a million Tony times. Tony Romo played know. in a game, and the Cowboys lost, and that was his last game in the NFL. That is factually Tony Romo true. had a hundred percent touchdown. Uh, Great success in a loss on that in that game. In a loss. Um, really, the truly, Philadelphia Eagles uh, are hosting. Memory, sorry, the San Francisco Let me say one more 49ers. Thing. Uh, truly, the the one last bad uh, thing is um, uh, Jordan Hicks hurting him in that stadium. That's that really truly did yeah. derail his career. He, like Jordan Hicks was the cowboy killer that year. Yeah, um, for, he obviously hurt Romo there. and then had the pick six. Yep. He had the picks that specific year in the two games. He hurt Romo and then had the pick six in the game in Dallas mm-hmm. um, in overtime. Not overtime. I think it was to send it to overtime or take the lead in regulation, something like that. Um, anyway, uh, Eagles are hosting the Niners this week. Ooh, bad blood. Ooh, man. <laughs> I hope. I hope so. By, actually, for the podcast audience, because I can't see it, the Eagles are three point underdogs. Mm-hmm. They has risen to this point. You were telling me uh, it's kind of moved around a little bit of time. I want to say it, and then I want to give you the floor. I hope so much that at some point Kyle Shanahan doubles or dials up a Christian McCaffrey pass for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like that would be the funniest thing in the world to happen in this specific game, given everything that happened. I think the, the funniest thing that would happen if the Eagles just blow out this team like they did back in January because the 49ers have put so much pressure unnecessarily on themselves. They really I disagree with maybe you're, no maybe you're early on wrong. But who who has who has talked this week? Hassan Reddick who's talked all offseason long? Who's responding wrong. to all the talk from all offseason long? The, James Brad when, when was the last time I not when was the last time a Niners player said anything about Debo this? Samuel literally called James Bradbury who was a second team all pro last year trash. So like he, so that doesn't count because he said it months ago, and now Hassan Reddick is responding I mean, to that. And yeah, like I, I, think, I think that's not how it works. He who cast the first the stone, talked the 49ers the cast the first stone. <laughs> I don't think they cast the first stone. They absolutely I think did. the Eagles like rub. I think the Eagles rubbed it in their faces. No, they did not. It was, you how? Know, how did the Eagles rub it in their faces? I do. I said at the time. I told you in stats that it was a little over the top. 
that the the way the Niners would be. But they had a rightful claim. They certainly had a more rightful claim than the Eagles with the turf or whatever in, in Arizona. I mean, not having a quarterback for a game with the Super Bowl ticket on the line is a really Don't tough block seat. And there was the never there was never any there was never any acknowledgement. There was never any acknowledgement from anybody in Philadelphia that was like, yeah, that would have sucked. You know what I mean? Like that that would have stunk if that had happened to my team. There was never any acknowledgement about that. There was so never I understand any acknowledgement. A little bit salty, and you you got so upset at the Niners players who were at the Super Bowl with all these microphones in their faces for like being asked about the game they had just lost to the no, team who was playing. That is such a that so is such a cop this, out. Such a cop out. Hassan Reddick came out. I'm not saying he's wrong, but Hassan Reddick came out this week, and again, I think what he said was kind of fair too to say like, okay, you wanted to talk about it, come back it up. Um, yes, he's so, responding and then to what I know was they, said. The AJ Brown thing was just a joke, obviously. Right. He's boys with Debo, Debo so that's um, that's like they're friends. That's a different right. thing. Um, I um, I think it's interesting. That, I mean, so, so anyway, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm going off of memory here. The Eagles were just three point favorites against the Cowboys, right? In that home game, I think so. Yeah. So it's just the standard, yeah, standard three point home field advantage, and then it was they were two and a half point favorites. Is that correct? Against the Bills, they were three. They opened as three and a half. It went down to three, and then once Lane Johnson was ruled out on game day morning. By the right, way, right, the right. reason why I think that win was like impressive because they were without Lane Johnson just all of a sudden. Um. Anyway, but yes, right. it went down so to two and a half. This is this is the third home game in a row for the Eagles. Um, all a part of the gauntlet, right? Uh, where they have you know not had more than at the very least just the standard three point home field advantage. That's interesting. And they're they're home underdogs. When was the last time the Eagles were home underdogs? <laughs> and they're not even. It's not even like not that's year. just literally true. Like they're one point underdogs. They're three point home underdogs. I, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, why would I mean? It's a great spot for the Eagles to be in in terms of being able to use the motivation. It might be silly because they're ten and one, but Nick Sirianni absolutely will. It's so message. silly. But guess what? It's silly. We're, we're huge underdogs, reigning reigning NFC champions, right? And 10 and it one is. Record. You know Nobody what? believes. But in guess that. what? That's what uh, Bill Belichick always did for the Patriots. That's what the mindset that Tom Brady had. It was stupid because it was never true, but that's, that was their mentality, and it worked for them. So I Feature like that it's working in the Eagles' favor. I like that the 49ers, the pressure absolutely is on them. They've done all of the totally talking. Disagree. They were the ones who cast the stones. They were the ones who, I know the mics were in their faces in the Super Bowl media uh, tour, whatever, but at no point was it ever like, you know what? That Eagles team's really good. We wish we could have been at 100%. Yeah, but like that's a really good team. That was never the messaging. That was that's never so not the tone. True. That was never the tone. It never was. It was always like, oh, they're lucky. They're actually not I'm gonna, even I'm that gonna good. Ask that. They I, suck. I guarantee you some some 49ers players said that. Like, again, you, you have to allow for a wide range not of emotions. Not the key ones. The same way not the, the Eagles, leaders. The same maybe way like that the Eagles players complained about rainbow. the turf. The same way the Eagles players had, had an emotional right to complain about the turf after they lost the Super Bowl. Niners players had an absolute right to kind of that compartmentalize is false equivalency. You love false equivalency. You're the king of that. That is not the same thing. And we're also talking mm. about this game and not that. And the 49ers, guess what the Eagles did? They went out and they beat the Chiefs. So how about that? In the regular season when Nick Sirianni pounded his chest? I mean, they backed it up. If, you, if your <laughs> thing is like, well, the, the Eagles uh, talked about it too. Well, okay, they went out and they beat the Chiefs and they backed it up. The 49ers better okay, if the so 49ers if the do the Eagles same went out, thing, hats the, off to them. But I think they put a lot of pressure on themselves that they didn't need to put on themselves. And the Eagles again I don't think they put any pressure on themselves. Well, I wrong. think that they're amazing. You're and absolutely they're absolutely wrong. Uh, they're, How did they they're not? the most they're, they're the scariest team in the NFL. Like Bring I don't think on. they put Great. any pressure on Fine. themselves. 
The Eagles blew out this, I, this scariest team in the NFL back in January. And a lot of the teams. They didn't blow them out. Again, that's not that's out. disingenuous. The game was. If they if the they game, blow the out. They were dominating they the blow game out, before Brock Purdy got hurt. Brock Purdy, do- I will be. Really were dominating impressed. the game in the trenches. They also had a touchdown that was based hurt. on a play where Devontae Smith didn't complete a catch. So that, what? That wasn't challenged. That's that's kind of those are fault. all factors. The Eagles did a great job I mean, of getting up to the line of scrimmage again, and you, getting a playoff so they can challenge. Things, that's not ignore luck. certain details that favor the Eagles. That's not genuine to the whole process. Kyle Shannon could have thrown the flag. That's not the Eagles' fault. Devontae he could Smith have. I'm not saying that he was right. I'm not saying Kyle Shanahan was right. I'm not saying that he's perfect, but he's the better coach in this game. He's the better play caller in this game. The Niners have more talent. I mean, I am absolutely taking the Niners, even though I have to lay three. The 49ers have the better quarterback in this game. I mean, if I had to draft them and like put, if I had like a a hypothetical team, I'd take Jalen Hurts. But I mean, the the, the Niners are the previous, um, like most confounding team before the Eagles have become this weird mythological conundrum. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like Brock Purdy, like actually, um, I, I need to get back to him. Uh, stats slacked me. Um, I tweeted out um, something about Dak and MVP odds, and Stats is fighting with people in my mentions about how Brock Purdy deserves it over Dak. Like Brock does, he has a very fair claim. So do so does Christian McCaffrey. I mean, like I'm not disputing that whatsoever. I think they both have fair claims, probably more fair right now than Jalen Hurts, which isn't to say anything disparaging about Jalen. Eagles win. What would um? I don't think you're going to want to answer the question the way I'm going to ask it, but what would humble you in this game? Nothing. Like what would make you go, damn, they had a right to be upset. Nothing. Like if they like waxed the Eagles, game. like what if it was like 34 to three? doesn't change anything. Well, then why is Nick Sirianni screaming his head off after they beat the Chiefs? It doesn't change anything. Because he enjoyed it? Because the fans were chirping at him? I don't know. Whatever. They won. He's allowed to. That's the reason. Because he earned the right to do it. History is written by the winners. I agree with that. Um, okay. Well, I'm very excited about this. We haven't had a lot of game of the year stuff live up to the hype. Cowboys Eagles kind of did. I hope this does. Um, I hope this is a lot of fun. I think it's possible that, and we'll see how it goes, that there might just be some kind of weird cycle thing here. You know how like certain teams are just good against certain other teams. I think it's possible that the 49ers could, you know, or do have the Cowboys number, clearly. It's possible. Oh, it's not possible. It's a certainty. Yeah, it's, yeah. Cool. it's true. I think it's possible that the Eagles, you know, the Cowboys have had the Eagles number recent, more recently, obviously before this year, but that matchup is more closer. Ah, so you're saying, you're saying Philly has San Francisco. Yeah, San it's possible. Francisco it could Dallas, be like Dallas a weird triangle Philly. thing going on, potentially. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm taking the Niners, but I'm not ready to, like, the, I'm not uh, willing to, to lock cover this game. Too? Yeah, um, but I mean, if the line shrinks a little bit before Friday when we do the show, I might lock them up. Like if it gets down to like one and a half again, I think about it. Three is just a lot, but um, for the purposes of right now, I, I think. I will say, I do worry about the 49ers coming off a mini buy and the Eagles coming off a game and where they played like 90 something snaps. Like that's insane. That's almost like two games worth of snaps. So that does kind of worry me a little bit. And just coming off of, um, you know, having you played on a short week against the Bills, like it's just I, I think the fatigue could potentially catch up for them. That does worry me a little bit. Not enough to change my pick. I just say if I put the thing, if I'm like put, putting the things I believe in, things I worry about, those are the things I worry about, Colin. Um, my last take of the Eagles, and then we can get to songs. Um, 
the Kelly Green doesn't look great in the rain. I'm sorry. Like it's because well, it got dark. Yeah, it's I'm saying the the rain, you know, darkens the jersey. That's, I've I've long said it has to be played in like a bright, you know, shining day for it to really pop. Um, it's not one of the alternate uniforms that should be worn in. I know it wasn't a night game, but you know, it became night. Like it's it should be worn in, in a 1 p.m. kick. That's my. That's I'm my intrigued take. to see if they break those out again this year because they only announced two when they announced that they'd be wearing them at all. But I think, as you know, teams can wear their alternates up to three times per year. So I wonder if they've kind of been like they want to keep that in their back pocket in case they want to break them out again as kind of like a more short notice surprise thing. I think the Giants game on Christmas could potentially be that spot for that. So maybe not, but that is potentially possible. All right, let's get to songs. Por favor. Uh, Two those jerseys, by the way. Um, yeah, both against AFC East. Wear them against an NFC team, please. Eagles. Anyway, um, Rachelle has submitted We Fly High by Jim Jones. <laughs> an incredible song. Um, although if she picked Huge. it on behalf of the Eagles, it's dumb. But if she picked it on behalf of the Ravens, which she might have, then it's great. I mean, I think it's because of the Eagles and a huge song back. I remember when I was a freshman in like fall 2006. I mean, just huge, huge, huge song. Um, Everyone would just say ball in to each other. I know. It's one of those things that everybody did that I came to hate. Um, Anyway, uh, are you ready for my song? Yeah. I'm going to go with Bad at Love by Halsey. Um, an impressive vocalist, and uh, I'm going with the standard version. But there's a there's a YouTube video of her singing it like acoustically, and mm-hmm. her voice is incredible. I mean, like some people just have voices that I'm like, you should just sing all the time, like never stop, don't even sleep, don't eat or sleep, just sing so like we can. Who? Well, Halsey, that would be well. Besides, yeah, besides that, Michael Bublé. Um, hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and really, I don't even need it all the time. But like Michael Bublé, like just the the day after Thanksgiving. Through Christmas. Wait, I just want you behind a piano singing Christmas songs for us, please. Love a Bing Crosby Christmas song or a Nat King Cole, like the classics. Okay. We'll get into some Christmas songs, I'm sure. Holiday songs even. Right, right. It's not uh, December yet, so I'm not ready to like put those on the playlist. Yeah, I'm not right. I'm not ready to do it. I was I thought about it this time, but yes, agree. More of a December thing, honestly. Uh we need your submission, please, Brandon. My submission is by Living Color. It's a okay. great song. Some great guitar work, some great guitar solos in there. It is Cult of Personality. Okay. I'm not familiar, but I'll check it out. Are you serious? Great song. Not you never played Guitar Hero? I actually really wasn't that into it. Like, I've never really been into Guitar Hero or, like, um, DDR or anything like that. You're not a wrestling guy, obviously, yeah. because that's in part of why I'm picking this. I'm not, like, uh, I don't watch any kind of, I don't watch WWE or AEW actively. I usually check out like the Royal Rumble each year because that's kind of mm-hmm. fun. Because sometimes they'll have like guys who are like you know on from twenty years ago randomly just pop up, so that's kind of fun and nostalgic. Or I'll watch like WrestleMania or at least parts of it. Cause, you know, it's like the Super Bowl also set in Philly this year, so I want to go to that. I'm trying to make plans to be there. Um, but anyway, uh, a big character in WWE has cult of personality as their theme music, and they return this week. And I was like, why not? It's a good song. By the way, I meant to say, um, I got a PS5, RJ. Congrats. Yeah, I know. I haven't played <laughs> video games in like two or three years. I was never like a hardcore gamer, but, you know, I played like regularly. Right. Okay. And uh, just, you know, I just felt like between work and everything, just didn't have the time and just the interest and time weren't lining up. And we have the same job, so I get it. Right. Uh-huh. Right. That's true. <laughs> um, 
and uh i don't know it was it's just kind of i haven't played it yet because again i've been busy i got it on saturday and i've been working since then so i'm excited to fire up spider-man 2 here probably not too long after i do this podcast wait a minute um, you're but, gonna you're gonna start spider-man 2 without having played the first one or miles Morales? i played the first one i did play that's like the last game i played i played like you played um, on like what ps4 played one and, yeah and okay, morales like those were the last games I okay. played. That was then, like two years ago or so. Then I can, or I can, if not a full I can give this years, a green like, light. Okay, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, didn't, no, I, I didn't understand that. Okay, okay, we're good. No, I'm not just jumping in. Okay. I'm, I'm Respect. huge. Anyone who knows me knows I'm huge on like being like obnoxiously so like uh, sequentialist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, but I, I, I asked people on BGN Radio to um, give me game recommendations if you have any. So uh, RJ, if you have any, but especially the listeners, if you have any, you can you know tag me on social media at Brandon Gelton. I am the one thing I have, so I, you know I don't need this suggestion. Is um, I really liked the Assassin's Creed games a lot when they were out, and I played all of them up till three, and then I, again I kind of just fell off. So I actually went to GameStop and bought like some of the old ones were pretty cheap actually um and i'm gonna work my way through those uh starting at black flag and and forth from there um but any of like non assassin creed games i would like to um, and also not god of war because i watched the playthrough online i would offer in terms of story driven games like i'm not great like i'm not a call of duty person like i'm just not good at those games i've never enjoyed them um but um i haven't played it yet because of you know time which you mentioned um the guardians of the galaxy game i know stats did play we oh, talked wow. about that um and he loved it and so um i didn't I, even know that was a thing I, it's not um like chris pratt and zoe saldana and you know dave batista are like the voices but it's the same general story so mm. to speak uh but stats loved it um and i have it so i mean at some point i'm gonna play it also um the star wars jedi games the recent ones they're both great um Okay. And um, I, um, a lot of people loved Hogwarts Legacy. Um, that's another potential option yeah. for you. Um, and um, two more things that I would suggest. My friend Jimmy, not Jimmy Kemsky, um, he, I didn't Who's finish not your it. Friend? Uh, I didn't finish it, but um, he's my friend. Jimmy, Jimmy and I are friends. But my, my close friend Jimmy um, made me play this game called Detroit um, that was I've like. Heard- yeah, things about that. I only played like half of it because then I got busy with stuff and I just didn't want to finish it. But it's um, like future. Yeah, it takes place in like twenty three hundred something, and you play as like three different characters going through this story. But um, like you make you make a sequence of choices. So like your experience playing the game is won't be the same as mine or Jimmy's or whoever's like because gotcha. the game like you ultimately kind of go generally in the same direction but like you can impact the way things unfold for you based on your decision. You can be like an anarchist or you can be like a good Samaritan or whatever. Um, so I would recommend that. And on um, I guess it was Black Friday, um, I looked and bought for my son um, using air quotes who turned two over the weekend uh, for when he's old enough the lego harry potter games um as a collection uh it was three dollars so nice yeah if that sale's still going on i highly recommend loved playing the i feel like i'd usually rent those back when like blockbuster was a thing and you can Mm. rent video games from the store like lego star wars lego batman lego any kind of lego something those were fun um now that you offered your uh request for suggestions can i do one as well this was a talking point I had on social media and then we can get out of here. Um, I would like you to answer this. What is a, a, a Christmas movie in your mind 
that is not a Christmas movie by conventional standards. So like you oh, can't like Die Hard. Yeah, well, I mean that was a really common answer, which was frustrating. Right. Obviously, but that's like, not what uh, I would like, say. I'm looking like for things. I'm looking for things beyond Home Alone, Santa Claus, Miracle on 34th Street, Christmas Vacation, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of the answers I got were either because um, the movie took place at Christmas time, or mm-hmm. um, had like prominent Christmas scenes, or because the person in question watched it around Christmas, so they have like a personal connection. The answers I got. Um, on average, mostly, were the Harry Potter movies, the Lord of the Rings movies. I was going to uh, say, a lot of people would say the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, uh, Family Man with Nicolas Cage. That takes place around Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. Spider-Man No Way Home, which took place around Christmas and had the scene at the end. Um, Die Hard. Gremlins, which I've never seen, but a lot of people said this answer. Um, a lot of people also said Sound of Music. I don't personally get that one. Um, and then I got a lot of people who said Batman Returns, because it kind of takes place around Christmas time as well. Um, some movies I would offer. Definitely, maybe with Ryan Reynolds, um, Reindeer Games with Ben Affleck and Charlize Theron, um, Love Actually, which I was told I haven't seen it in a long time, doesn't age well, um, and Rent, uh, which is based on the musical by Jonathan Larson. I would say not necessarily specifically a Christmas holiday uh, movie or a Christmas movie, but I would say is kind of just a general holiday movie. Wizard of Oz. I feel like that's like just on during a given holiday. Like it's just on the TV. They put it on, you know, okay. it's like a classic can't go wrong. So I guess that I'm curious for other people's answers um, that aren't the things that I said um, at RGO Cho on Twitter and Instagram, by the way, um, my last thing, I had never seen the movie, the night of, have you seen this movie? You should watch the nightmare before Christmas. That counts okay. too. Have you ever seen the night of with, uh, with Seth Rogen, who is you? Um, and, uh, um, <laughs> And uh, I forget who else. It's so not a good, it's so not an accurate comment. Uh, anyway, I think I think you'll be interested in this fun fact. Uh, Pete Sweeney, our coworker, was the person who brought this movie up to me once uh, mm-hmm. after we did a Monday Football Monday. He that was so familiar. He was so insistent on me watching this that he bought it and sent it to me. Oh, like, okay. I mean, Pete was like into well, this. Well, he, you know, he's rich, so he can do things well, like of that. Of course, yes. I mean, Pete. It's because Patrick Mahomes does all that refusing to lose. And so, like, that's inflated. Well, yeah, yeah. We account, wrote right? the book. He had the book right after that's the Super true. Bowl win. That's kind of suspicious, if you ask me, when he's just writing a book about the Chiefs Super Bowl win. And then they win the Super Bowl. He had it ready to go. You know? Yeah. Like, how does how is that? So, what if they don't win that game? What, I mean, what happens to that book? The crazy thing for the YouTube audience, Pete Sweeney really did write this. Um, he got the script. And the forward is by Mitchell Schwartz. So there was a lot of work. And you're right. Like, this was, re- I ordered this the night the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. For, yeah. For so what season. if they don't? You know, like, what well, is the, my question? The crazy is, what if thing they is, don't like, win the there's Super Bowl? a lot of work in here. There's Travis Kelsey catching a touchdown in the game where the, uh-huh. the Chiefs beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Um, there's Patrick it's Mahomes. No shame in losing to the excited. Chiefs. Like, you can't, you can't, like, hurt me with that. Like, they're, they're I would offer. Team. A big reason why the work beforehand was done, this is kind of like a yearbook about the Chiefs. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, he could have done all that work. Right. Obviously, but, I know there's, like, a real answer. Well, no, you were you know, salty he would because have... the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. I understand. Well, it's just a little, like, well, what the hell? Like, this book that you had about them winning is just here? Like, it just, you know, it makes well, me feel like, Well, think about it. Like, you know... 90, like, 90% of the work had been done to that point. I mean, and then, you know, sense. the Chiefs, right. Yeah, you know, he had the information about the Chiefs' um, sod father making the field all bad right. and wet before and, the game. And so. James Bradbury committing an obvious foul. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that... yeah, exactly. <laughs> One that they hadn't called all game long until that moment. That's right. Uh, I'm glad we could joke about this, like, mutually now. So uh, that's great. Um, all right, let's get out of here. As we do, uh, Brandon, um, I would like you to make the sound effects that you think will be in Spider-Man 2. <laughs> 